Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And so I want to encourage you this morning that, number one, we're, we're going to look at why it's so important that we're learning what we're learning and that we apply it. Now listen, I, I can only apply it for me. I can't apply it for Sean. I can't apply it for Mike. I can't apply it for Marty. I can't apply it for anybody else. We are, uh, what's the word that you've been speaking that the Lord told you? That there is spiritual growth requires personal responsibility, right? Well, I'm looking at some people who want to see what God has for us when we step out in obedience in a tough word sometimes to our flesh and actually act upon it and do it and see what God has for us. And uh, so this morning I want to talk to you about, well, let's pray real quick and then we'll jump into this. But Father, we just thank you. Lord, thank you that you helped me to say exactly what you want to say the way you want to say it, Lord. Thank you that you're bringing all of us revelation this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're going to focus on what the Lord has been saying to us and the reasons why I believe that he's doing that. Um, but sometimes when you get the idea of walking in love towards somebody, it can feel a little bit impossible because we sometimes take certain parts of the word and we think that we get to the end result a different way. Let me explain what I mean by that. When you accepted Jesus into your heart, you spoke the word, you received it, and he came in, right? And you knew from that day, I'm a child of God. And nothing, none of your old lifestyle or anything like that could tell you otherwise you knew. So to me, that sounds like faith. Faith is what got you back into relationship with God as you received what he had available for you, okay? When we believe in healing for our body, we are taught, right, that when you speak the word of God, when you profess, you proclaim these scriptures over your body, that you don't have to feel it to know that you got it. We know that about walking or uh, walking out healing. You know, we just continue to walk in faith and believe that his word is true. And when the feelings of, you know, pain or whatever come up, we are taught, because it is truth, to say to those feelings, you have to bow, you have to leave, you have to, um, well, basically, you cannot exist in a body where the resurrection flows. You can't exist there. And so we've been taught that. But how many times have you heard and we get kind of in this frustration and walking in love because you say you have maybe a relationship in your life and it's a difficult one, right? And you, all oh, the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And we think all of a sudden, we just love that person and all the feelings of that love come. And then when they don't, we're like, no, we're not walking in love. Love in your life and walking in it is accessed by faith the same way that healing is. Any promise in his word is. What does it matter if you feel it or not? It's a spiritual truth that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit without borders, completely full, the same love that Christ carried, that he is, and it's the love that God is. 
Love, and it's their nature. It's who they are. It's not just something they do. We've talked about that. So when we are working out this thing that the Lord is asking us to do, and he's saying to walk in love toward one another, you're going to have to use your faith because you're not going to feel like it. And the moment you say the word, no, the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, bitterness doesn't live in me. The feeling of bitterness is going to try to come, just like the pain tries to come when you're believing for healing in your body. So stop allowing your flesh to rule if you're walking in love or not, and allow your spirit to rule that. And believe that when God said that his love is poured out in your heart, in fullness, that you have the ability to walk in love. Not because you're so awesome and you're so loving, but because God who is in you is awesome and loving. And that is where we draw from in life to walk in victory. We do not draw from our flesh to live in victory. You're going to fail. We draw from our spirit. And so walking in love is no different than believing God for healing and using your faith to do the same, all right? So one way that I've applied this to my life and that I've used many times to help people and it continues to help me is that when there's a situation in my life and every time that thought comes up, and we're going to talk about this this morning, but every time that thought of ill will or disgust or irritation or any of these things or jealousy or any of these comes up, then immediately you take that thought captive and you proclaim over, by the authority in you, over that feeling or that thought that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost and that is not my nature. So I do not yield. I do not yield. Amen? So when we confess healing over our body, it's the same way. And I think you guys get the point there. But Hebrews 11.1 one. And you guys can turn there. And uh, we're going to start out looking at faith. And it says in the Hebrews 11.1 1, that now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, and the title deed. You realize that the just live by faith. That faith, that title deed, is proof of ownership or evidence of right. Man. God knew what he was doing when he set all this up, didn't he? That is our title deed of the things we hope for being proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the sen senses. You know, there's a whole lot of truth that... Um, you know, God's a, he's a faith God. What did God do? When he spoke, he spoke things into existence. So faith, basically, don't underestimate the power of faith in you because what faith does is faith is the very axis or the, the point that, that it's the receiver that goes into the unseen and pulls to the manifestation in the scene. Faith is the receiver of that. Now, are you putting faith in just, oh, you know, if it is, it is. No, 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 no. You're putting your faith in the word of God. 
You're putting your faith into spiritual realities that God has set in motion, that he is asking you to take your faith and receive and pull into the natural. Faith is a big deal for the believer. Faith is how you got saved. Faith is how you receive healing. Faith's a big deal. That Hebrews um, 11.1 1 is faith is substance and evidence of things that can't be seen but absolutely do exist. See, if you, this is why being in the word is so important because if you don't know what truth and spiritual realities are, you're going to have a hard time going in and grabbing what you know is yours, okay? That's why the word, it says, the scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This is also why the Lord has been dealing with our body about, I mean, eating this all day long, Right? devouring the word of God, becoming a student of the word of God, becoming one who, man, you, you've got a question for anything? Well, let me go see where my truth is here. Let me go see where the reality is here. Let me go see what I have here. And then you can, by faith, connect to that reality that you didn't just come up with, but God spoke to you. And then you can grab it, because you're not just grabbing your own idea. You are grabbing the Creator's idea, and then you are pulling it into your life, and it manifests physically. Is it not true because we don't see it the second? No. We are taught and shown all through even Hebrews, these men and women of faith who hung on to promises and didn't let go for really long periods of time. <laughs> you know? But we, ha we cannot underestimate the power of believing God's word and lessen it because we don't feel it. You know, we do that sometimes. We lessen the integrity of his word because we don't feel it yet. So it's the same with love. We lessen the power of love that's been poured out in us because we don't feel it. You are graced to walk in this love. I am graced to walk in this love. So what does love have to do with it then? You know, Brother Hagen, I love, if you want a good love teaching, just his Love Your Way to Victory is a book that he has. But he said, faith is not, this is his quote that I completely agree with, but faith is not working for some Christians because they do not have the full understanding of what the Word of God says about faith. They don't have a full understanding of what the Word of God says about faith. And we're going to look at, I believe, one of the most vital ones. Well, actually, the two vital ones. And uh, the Lord showed me something in this that I was just, it was awesome. So let's go to Galatians 5, 6. Because we're going to look at what love has to do with this. And I know you guys know this, but we're going to look at it again. Galatians 5, 6. 
It says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So faith and love don't separate. They absolutely work together. Um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Lord showed me this. Oh, man, I, I was like, you know, when you, when you get in and spend time with the Lord, he'll speak to you, and there is nothing like God speaking to you. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. But what was the combination that Jesus, that that whole, uh, that whole, salvation and what he gave to us and what he did for us, it had two things in it. It had Jesus, the living word, and it had love. Because the scripture says that he was, um, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the living word that came because God loved so much. So you think about that combination, and then you think about that combination in line with how we're supposed to walk. We have the word of God, and then when it is working by and through the avenue of love, it is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. It doesn't get any more powerful than that. It was the very two things that mixed together that gave us the greatest miracle that we will ever experience that, and that is being brought back into fellowship with Jesus, with the Father, and having the Holy Spirit live in us in such a way that we can be victorious in this life because, they, because Jesus decided, I'll go and stepped into because the love was so intense that he just was like, yeah, okay, here we go. Let's redeem the people. So you can imagine that that combination that lives on the, that we are, that has been made available to us is a powerhouse combination. It is absolutely the word of God that, that develop, that grows that faith, that faith comes through and then us working it through the avenue of love. That is absolutely amazing. So there's a parallel to faith, that love has a counterpart to that title deed, or faith has a counterpart to that title deed, that they work together. So we ask ourselves, Lord, why is this, why are you just, I mean, love, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's walk in love. That's a great idea, God, you know, because the Lord spoke this to me. He said, I don't want, because I was thinking about this. He said, I don't want another Corinthian church. He said that to us. I don't want another Corinthian church. I don't want a church that can flow in all the gifts, but yet there was so much disorder because there was no foundation of love. So when I hear that God is speaking to us and he is continually ministering to us and he is 
uh, convincing us that this is the more excellent way as Mark is talking. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that man, God, you must have something really amazing for us right on the other side of our obedience because you are certainly pounding this into us. And if I look at what power is just released when you take the word of God and then you apply it through your love that it works by that love and the amazing things that can happen and we'll be unstoppable. I'm just saying. We're going to have so much victory. We're going to have so much victory. We're going to have so much healing and provision. We're going to have so much because God is a too much, way more than enough. Don't have, don't have enough room to receive it, God. Man, he's good. First Corinthians, I'm going to fly through this because time is just going by. But why faith is important. In first, first Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5, 7 in the New King James, it says, and I'm going to turn there, and you can turn there with me if you want. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I have tabs, so I'm cheating here. Uh, so I get there faster. But it says, therefore... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new... That is not what I want. Seven, thank you. Other side. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our convictions or belief. For we, who's we? That's, that's us. We believers... We conduct ourselves. We regulate our lives by faith. We live by, we are told to live by our faith and not by what we see. If we are living by what we see, we are acting just like what the unbeliever does. We are told that we live by it. So we exist. We survive. This is what live by means survive due, due to some particular status or action. This is how we survive. Is believing the reality of God's word, irregardless of what our emotion or what our feeling says about it, but being children of God who are led by the Spirit of God, who hear the word of God, and that is the truth, and nothing can knock us off the truth. Nothing we see, nothing we feel, nothing someone says, nothing this. Do you know what I'm saying? Against the truth of the word of God because it's such a reality in our life. This is how we survive as believers. So it reminds me of how we just read. Brother Hagen said there's so many people, so many believers who are, are like, why? Well, I'm saying the word. Because we have to understand how faith operates. We have to understand how it operates. We survive by faith, and faith has a fuel. And that fuel is love. It has a fuel. So we live by faith, which is our spiritual seeing. The believer is regulated by spiritual seeing truth. So we are... Uh, to renew ourselves to the point where faith dominates sight. 
where you could say this word dominates your sight. When you see something, immediately what comes up in you and what surfaces to the top is what does the word say about that? Because that's my reality. This is not my reality. This is my reality. We live in, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We see things different than just the average Joe who doesn't know Jesus. We're required to do that. In Ephesians uh, 6.16, let's turn there. I'm going to go to quite a few scriptures here this morning because there's a point I want to get across because we need to see why God is saying to us, church, faith family church, Walk in love. Ephesians 6.16. Above all, taking up the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Above all actually is in front of all. And that shield of faith quenches, it says, so that you'll be able to quench every, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So how important is faith? Very important. And how does faith come? The word of God. And how does faith work? The love of God. Faith works by love. So think about this. The weapon and the function, the, the way this weapon works and functions is by love. So outside of love, when you're trying to hold up that shield of faith, your weapon is actually compromised. So this is where I think Brother Hagen is saying that we think we're in faith, but we're not understanding how it works in our lives, and so we're frustrated, Right? Because faith, if the shield of faith is the one that we're supposed to hold above all, it covers, right? Above all, the shield of faith. And then we've got bitterness in our heart or unforgiveness in our heart or ill will or I just don't like that person or that person makes me mad or I'm not patient against that person because they did this or I'm going to hang on to this. Then you're actually compromising your shield of faith. You are compromised. And then we get frustrated because we feel like, well, I'm seeing success here, but I'm not seeing it here. And I'm seeing it here a little bit, but I'm not seeing it here, and I'm not, certainly not seeing everything that I'm promised I should see. So faith is a big deal, but love is a massive deal. Because God did not design for his weapons to have ways through them. They're perfect. They're perfect. But they're perfect in his parameters. He made them. He knows how they work. He made them. He knows how they work. And so we walk around thinking this. And all the time, we don't deal with the very thing that is weakening and compromising 
our shield. So how does the enemy attack our love walk? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it actually, I'm not going to, uh, maybe I'll go there. It says, for though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Boy, I'm going to get back at them. Boy, they did this to me, I'm not going to be nice to them. Those are flesh weapons. And they will absolutely leave you compromised to the enemy's attack. They will leave you completely open. Somewhere. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Number five, this is where I want to get. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasoning and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So how, well, where is our battle mostly? This deals with your thoughts. You think about it. Actually, it was so funny. Like, I woke up and I'm like, Sean, listen to this. And he's like, hey, that's what I got too about Adam and Eve. You know, and this is, we've heard this before, but when it settles in on you, but listen to me. This is exactly how sin got into the earth in the first place. The enemy came to Eve. He couldn't strong arm her. He couldn't make them because they had authority and because they gave in to the thoughts that were not in line with what God had said, he allowed, and you notice how he did that? He's like, oh, no, he didn't mean that. This is what he was saying. You'll be okay. And she's like, yeah, instead of taking every thought captive, under the obedience of what God had said, she had let the defense down and the enemy was able to penetrate generations upon generations. But the whole thing that reversed that was the living word came because someone loved so much. Holy cow, that's a lot of power. I just said, holy cow. <laughs> I haven't said that in like 25 years or more. Oh, probably longer. Do you see what, what, what God is saying? He's saying, this is why love is so important and this is why I gave you my word so that you not only have the word of God in you and then when it's applied with love and by love and works through love, that it is completely this this um, amazing amount of power beyond our imagination, exceeding our greatest expectation power that has the ability, according to Ephesians, to live in you and then operate through you. That's what Ephesians means there. Oh, let's read it. I have it. Where'd it go? He starts this whole Ephesians prayer off, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to pick it up in uh, 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, there you see it again, faith, 
love. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, mere man knowledge, that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Sounds like Jesus Christ and his love is the fullness of God in you. Now to him, him who is able. And when God said he is able in here, he is always willing. Because he wouldn't dangle a carrot in front of your face or something in front of your face that he's not willing to give to you and do for you. I am able and I am willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think, according to the power, and that word power right there means dunamis, which is faith. One commentary said that is a direct connection, your faith right there, that works in us. So you're telling me, God, to the extent that I allow faith by love to work in me and it's applied in my life and I have that choice and as much as I want to I want to dig in here and develop faith and then and then just I mean be such a person of love and just I mean be oozing the love of God in me you're telling me you are absolutely telling me right here that you are able and you are willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think really got a good deal so why is God dealing with us about love in this church because he doesn't want another Corinthian church he gave us Corinthians so that we can see that it's possible to flow in the gifts of the spirit but if you don't have love none of those things are worth it they mount to nothing they're nothing you might as well walk around here and hit pots and pans together that's what it says. So Adam and Eve. Oh my goodness. The time is flying. So we can sow to the spirit or we can sow to the flesh. There's scripture about that. Go look it up. And both yield a harvest. One is life and one in death. So in the case of walking in love, one harvests strong defenses with fully functional armor and one harvests compromise and exposure to the enemy. So the next time the thought of well, they did this to me comes to you. Don't take it. Pull it down and speak the word of God in its place. That is how you walk in love. Am I telling you that you're going to feel the feelings of love toward the person that hurts you? I am not saying that. That will come. Because every time we pull by faith from reality into the natural, we see physical manifestation of God's presence in our life and his word true in our life. 
Walk in love by faith the same way you're believing God for your body to be healed. The exact same way. Combat those feelings of hurt with the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, that is not my nature. Unforgiveness is not my nature. I am not going to tell you how many times a day I have to say that to myself. Because then I'd be exposing myself here of what I, you know, but don't tell me if I don't deal with that. You don't deal with that, right? That's like the number one way that the enemy gets into a church is he gets into the church and causes just num, 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 murmuring. We have a perfect example with the Israelites and Moses, right? Not only were they murmuring, complaining about the leader, but they were doing it amongst one another. There was stuff happening amongst one another. And what did it do? It kept them from the promise that God had for them, and they missed out. Most of them, all of them at the beginning did, except for the few. They missed out. I don't want to miss out. So when I hear that God is constantly saying, church, walk in love. Walk in love in your homes. Walk in love toward one another. Then what I hear him saying to me is I have, a, I have exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think waiting for you. But allow that power to work in you. Allow it to flow through you. Ooh, that's good news. I'm going to close with this. <clears throat> And by this, I mean the whole rest of this page, so just sit tight. Because <laughs> I want you to see something that's very important about, um, even personally, why it's important that you walk in love. Now, I don't, this is how we should all look, okay, toward this, all right? We want to collectively as a body do this because that's greater, okay? That's going to be amazing for this church, and God's going to do things with us as a body and what he's planted us here to do. But listen to this. If I decide and make the decision to walk in love, and Aiden doesn't, there's freedom for me. Let's turn that around, because I really think you're going to be the one to walk in love. If Aiden <laughs> decides to walk in love, and I do not... I'm going to be the one that misses out, not Aiden, because Aiden's doing the word, right? He's applying it. But Mark eleven twenty five, 25, <clears throat> excuse me, we talked about this at um, prayer, actually, on Tuesday, but this verse says, and um, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. And let it drop, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. What that verse tells me is, is that God is, what happens when we walk in forgiveness and we try to go from, we actually really just cut off the grace that we have, that he has for us, okay? We cut off the flow of grace in our life when we decide to hold bitterness or anything. Let me give you another example. This is in Jonah 2.8. This is, I don't know why, but this is one of my favorite verses. Um, but it says, this is at the end, of, you know, Jonah, he's 
you know, we all know the story. He was disobedient. But those who pay, re- disregard, or pay regard to false, useless, and worthless idols forsake their own source, capital S, of mercy and loving kindness. So when we don't walk in love, one translation, actually the King James says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Observe is to perceive and register something as being significant. And we all know what an idol is. It's anything that raises itself above God in our life, so it can even be your own thought. It can be an idol. Your own feelings. Well, I feel this and I feel that. Well, that's an idol. (laughs) You're thinking too much about yourself. So they that observe those things, observe those lies, and we know also a lie is a de- or excuse me, an idol is a deception. So when you observe deceptions that come, just like Adam and Eve did, you forsake your own mercy. So not only is walking in love important for us as a body, but it is for you in your own life because what's happening in actuality, when you go to the Lord and you try to pray, you are cutting off your own mercy. You are cutting off your own loving kindness because you're holding bitterness towards somebody. And how many times, oh, Jesus, we've gone to prayer. And it's like, Lord, show them how they've hurt me. Open the eyes of their understanding. And that prayer just went. (laughs) Matthew 7, 3, 5 says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove that speck from your eye? When all the while, you're walking around with this massive plank stuck in your eye, doing more damage than you, th- you know you are to people all around you because you've got this massive plank in your eye that you're swinging around, knocking people out with. I got that picture, and I loved it. And a speck is like a piece of sawdust. I wonder how many, if we removed planks, if there would even be a speck anymore. Would there even be a speck? 1st remove. It says, hypocrite! Exclamation point. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Impaired vision because we have that big old piece of lumber stuck in our eye. First John says, we've talked about this, he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. You guys think maybe, well, I don't hate. That's pretty strong. Hate is just, it's loveless, resentment, it's dislike. Don't just think murder when you think hate. It's dislike. It's resentment. If you walk up to somebody today at church and it's like, just kind of scratching like, or you walk all the way around there, (laughs) 
Let's just look at an antonym for hate, okay? The opposite of hate, affection, devotion, fondness, love, like, kindness. So First John here is telling us, but if you hate your brother, but whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going. Our defenses are down. Our weapons are compromised. Our faith shield is not working like it should because we got offended that the coffee was not strong enough. I know that sounds strange, but it happens. We are called to live so much higher and not only called, but we're graced and given the ability and anointed to live so much higher than the coffee wasn't strong enough. Now that's a, you know, I know most of you that wouldn't bother you, but that's just an example. Somebody didn't say that, right? Somebody didn't look at me right. What did they mean by that? And then these thoughts, the enemy just starts feeding. And what happens is you start building and building and building and building and building. Oh my goodness, you can come up with quite a story of what they did. And they were thinking about what they were eating for lunch that day. Or if it's a real bad look, what they ate last night. <laughs> this is how the enemy works. That's why it says take every thought captive. Don't wait till tomorrow to take it captive. Take it captive immediately. And sometimes it's going to feel like you're doing that 50 times a day. But you got the word of God in you and you're going to think and say something. So it might as well be that. It might as well be reality. It might as well be truth. I don't want to be in darkness. And I certainly don't want to walk around with a big old log in my eye. The power is in us to love. It is just like everything else. Choose to yield to the right spirit by faith. You're choosing to yield to this power of love in you by faith. It doesn't matter if you feel it. It doesn't matter if you have the goosebumps or the, you know, like, oh, I just love that person. You just do it by faith. Those will come. Not because we feel the love in the moment, but because we believe the truth over the lie. When we yield to love, our defense against the enemy is strong. We have light, so much light. And we leave the floodgates of grace and mercy open and we overcome because our faith is fully activated. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, even our faith. Why do we need faith? Because that's what we live by. That's who we are. We're faith people. Why do you need love? Because that's how that faith works. And when those are combined, you're unstoppable. Unstoppable. Bitterness, resentment, strife, not walking in love toward one another is faith's kryptonite. It is its weakness. 
You wouldn't think faith could have a weakness, but it does. And people of weak faith think they have faith, but they're compromised. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, help us to see in our own lives where we need to humble ourselves before your word, your mighty hand, Lord, and then you just pour out grace upon us. Thank you that you've given us the ability to walk in love toward one another. Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, we, we want to walk out everything you have planned for us, individually and as a body. And so we just relinquish our selfish ambitions because where those things live, where strife and selfish ambitions live, oh, there's every evil thing. And we don't want that. We want all good. So we thank you for that this morning. I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, as the days go, you help us to, uh, or just bring more understanding on what it is to walk in love. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.